Hello everybody, welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. It is the Turkish Grand Prix edition, the best edition of a podcast we could ever, ever wish for. And I've got two incredible guests that you may or may not have heard of. Well, you probably have, unless you this is your first ever podcast. It is, of course, Tommy Bellingham, the WTF1 founder, and Katie Fairman, our WTF1 editor. How are you both? Amazing, thanks. Lovely. All the better for speaking to you guys. Oh, stop uh... it. Stop it. That's a lie. Mm. Anyway, what isn't a lie is the Turkish Grand Prix happening yesterday, and it was a full-blown bangers and mash, wasn't it? It was incredible. Let's do some three-word race reviews. Sport and road cars. Grip said goodbye. Tayyip underscore Abu 81. Hamilton's best drive. RSS DCKSN8, Pronto Valtteri Bottas, but with a red B like the Spinala <laughs> meme. And underscore ilutef one iii underscore, best race 2020. I think I agree with pretty much all of those three word race reviews. It was just carnage. Tommy, let's just get, let's, I just want to talk about it. Oh, just Let's just do it. Three word race review, Tommy. You hit me with yours and let's get stuck in. Okay, it is a champion's drive. Oh, you're such a fanboy. I know. I know. I'm a fanboy of every Hamilton fanboy. Verstappen fanboy. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it looked like we were going to have Hamilton winning his fourth world title without being on the podium again. Um, Quite a way into the race, it has to be said. But instead, he pulled out what was probably one of the best drivers of his entire career. And if that drive doesn't answer his critics then nothing will because he showed why you know he's a great champion one of the greatest of all time no doubt the 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 big sort of criticism this year has always been that he's had the best car and he just wins by a mile and there's no skill in winning in the best car at all but you know it has to be said that the mercedes were not looking good this weekend the track conditions and everything did not favor them at all it, the car was not looking good Bottas as you mentioned with the Spinala thing was spinning uh, I think six times yep. uh, mm-hmm. overall uh, to 13th um, Max Verstappen however much it pains me to say it threw away a win when the Red Bulls were looking really strong and probably should have won the race and Hamilton won the race by a huge margin it was absolutely incredible and we just have to applaud it yeah Fair for people that are for people that are Lewis Hamilton haters, you probably want to turn off now because <laughs> it's going to be a, a podcast where we pretty much revel in how incredible his drive was because greatness deserves to be recognised and we're not fanboys, but that was a drive that was just... It was breathtaking because, as as yep. Tommy mentioned, he was nowhere. He was stuck behind Vettel for ages and we, we, we wrote him off. I think a lot of people wrote him off in that race. No one thought the Mercedes was going to come into their own. Uh, well, Hamilton was going to come into his own because if you want comparisons, he lapped Bottas. Bottas was an absolute shambles uh, this weekend. I know that he had a problem where he spun and apparently his steering wasn't right and things like that. But I'm sorry, spinning six times and your teammate winning, that's, you know, it's it's an embarrassing performance from Bottas. It has to be said. But at the same time, I do feel sorry for him. I tweeted about it uh, saying, you know, it must be hard for him to see another chance slip by. But Whilst he's against Hamilton, it's a very, very tall order for him to, to, to beat to beat Lewis. But back to Lewis's drive, you know, the fact that he was able to make those intermediates work or intermediaries or slintermediates I've seen um, 
was incredible because you saw so many drivers pleading to pit. Lance Stroll wanted to pit from the lead because his tyres were gone and he thought it was finished and, you know, he thought it was the right call to come back in for another set of intermediates. I mean, hindsight is a great thing, uh, but surely a lot of things were pointing towards the fact that the the uh, the track was drying out. But I suppose it's whether or not how, how hard Lance Stroll dro- drove and, and how hard he pushed the tyres and everybody else. But either way, Hamilton made it work. His pace was great all the way up until the last lap and finishing the race. Won by 30 seconds. And it's something that you just can't take away from him. It's one of the best drives I've ever seen from him. No, I totally agree, Matt. I think, like you say, it's silence that the haters, the critics, and just looking at Hamilton's weekend up until that race, like you say, it was not his race to win at all. Like Sebastian Vettel said in the post-race press conference that it wasn't his to win, but he still did it, proving that he is the greatest of our, our generation, our era, whatever you want to call it. I mean... We all saw how manic and chaotic those practice sessions were. It was a complete disaster, really, although it was quite entertaining to watch. But Hamilton was very vocal that he didn't like the track. He he even called the track surface And it's not very often that Lewis comes and talks to media and gives that expletives like that. Normally, he's very, you know, clever with his words and things like that. But he just came out straight away and said, nope track is crap I hate it he did minimal running in some of the practice sessions I think it was in fp3 or fp2 he did something like three laps he didn't set a time and then qualifying setting it in sixth which is one of the worst qualifyings we've seen him do in quite a long time and then like you say in the race just completely delivered it I mean we loved seeing Vettel and Hamilton having that battle uh, I think it was for fifth in the race it was excellent to watch and you could tell from a spectator side of it that Hamilton and Vettel were absolutely loving that battle on track but it was just superb it was uh, Adam Burgess 7 says would you class that as Hamilton's best wet weather drive given the context of the title being at stake um it's definitely up there. It's either that or Silverstone 2008 when you take into account all the different um, uh, things that were going on in both of those races and the, the different stages of his career. I think maybe uh, Silverstone was, was a better wet weather drive, but this was probably a better changeable condition, ridiculous track surface, just adaptability kind of drive uh, from Hamilton. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably his best, to be honest, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I wrote the same that Silverstone, two, Silverstone 2008, uh, which if anyone doesn't know about that race, he lapped almost the entire field. I think he finished a minute ahead of second um, and lapped everyone up to fourth. That that was almost like the pure pace early days Lewis that was still maybe a little bit rough around the edges. The kind of the kind of drive that we see from like the Max Verstappens and Charles Leclerc when they're on it now. But I feel like this drive was more the seven times world champion mature he picked his battles where he knew when was best you know he didn't go steaming down the inside of Vettel when everyone knew that off offline it was so hard to break and he he basically like he took his chances and knew the race would come to him or hoped the race would come to him and when it did he did exactly what he needed to do and just I mean how he won that race by 30 seconds I do not know is crazy it is unbelievable. I mean, it was with some some small, tiny faults, as can be expected. I mean, he's only human. Obviously, in the first lap, he went wide and let Seb through into third. So there were errors like dotted throughout the race. But overall, like you say, Tommy, he, he did what he needed to do. And it's very easy to look at the results of Hamilton and Mercedes and think, 
oh well it's obvious that he's going to win everything because he's in the best car but it's weekends like that where everything is technically against him he's not in the strongest position and he still rises to to quote his uh his thing oh no you haven't said that oh jeez um, Skipper underscore Dipper says, how did Hamilton go so many laps on those tyres? And it's a question that I think we're all still kind of wondering, to be honest, because a lot of the drivers uh, weren't able to, to push the intermediates as, as far as uh, Perez and Hamilton did in terms of turning them into drives. It's quite funny, actually. I got I got ridiculed when I did um, uh, when I did the commentary for, for F2 at Austria. Um, people were saying on Twitter, when, I, when I'm mentioning commentary, that sometimes drivers will run down the intermediate so much that the grooves come out of the the tyres and they become dries. People were like, what are you on about, you idiot? Like There were lo- <laughs> there was loads of people on social media and now I'm like, hello, we've just seen... We've yeah. just seen that this is the case where where the intermediate grooves will, will come off the tyre and it, it essentially becomes a, a half-dry, half-wet tyre and the contact patch on uh, to the track surface is much more consistent and and the the tyre the itself is quite soft, isn't it? So it maintains heat... I was watching the F1 uh, live with with Jack Aitken and, and and Will Buxton, and they you know going into the to the whole sort of scientifics behind it. But clearly Hamilton was able to to keep the temperature in the tyres, to keep the grip, and and he didn't shred the tyres like a lot of the drivers did. Yeah, and he was he was crucially his tyres had worn down when the track was at that point where people were saying it's almost ready for slicks. If you if you listen to Lando's interview at the end, who set fastest lap by about three seconds, I think it was. It's absolutely insane time. And he was saying that his tyres were in that condition as well. And what you've essentially got there is a super, super, super duper hyper soft tyre because they're even softer than the soft tyres because uh, that's like the, the wet t- how the wet tyre is um, or the inters, as it were. And like you say, you've just worn down the grooves, so you've got a slick, but it's really soft as well. So it's like the perfect tie to be on. And I don't think it's any surprise that the two people that did that were Hamilton and Perez. Perez being another person that just seems to just doesn't understand. uh, Tire wear just doesn't seem to work for him, (laughs) does it? (laughs) Well, he did say one more lap and then that would be it, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but... He said that he'd potentially have an explosion of a tyre. But, but yeah, Lando interestingly said in that interview that he was going faster on worn intermediates through corners than he was on dries at any point during the weekend, which is uh, quite an interesting thing to, to think about. It is fascinating, like hearing them talk about this, to see the tread on a tyre worn away so much that, like you say, an intermediate effectively becomes a slick. Uh, but... Fair play to Hamilton and Perez for judging that. But it was quite funny when the heavy rain was threatened at like four laps to go or something like that. So deciding whether it would be suitable to to pit for new intermediates. Hamilton mentioning afterwards that he had flashbacks to China 2007, crashing in the pit lane and throwing away another title. But it was uh, it's certainly an interesting development to see like the tyre strategy almost unintentionally being like that, where they almost created a new hybrid tyre for just just the fun of it. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, just an absolute chaotic weekend uh, in Turkey, and it's it's one that I think a lot of people enjoyed. Uh, my three-word race review now. Uh, F1, better, slower. Uh, so obviously that's referring to the fact that it was chaotic. There was a lot more sliding, and the drivers didn't know where the grip was, and it pretty much just levelled the playing field in a lot of ways. Obviously, it's still 
came down to which team set up the car best and obviously racing point did that in qualifying um but overall i don't as much as formula one will always be the pinnacle of motorsport and we'll see them at the absolute limits because that's exciting but also it was just as exciting if not more with the fact that it was unpredictable it was slow people were sliding they were spinning off it it wasn't necessarily massively dangerous because they weren't going off at enormous high speeds because of how much they were tiptoeing around um but but yeah overall i I really enjoyed it i don't think i I wouldn't want it as a consistent thing where it's constantly like this because it would just probably get a little bit boring and a little bit samey but um but some tracks that maybe have a track surface that the f1 teams don't understand as much is is the way forward yeah we we put a poll out saying do you like it because there's a few people maybe saying it was a little bit farcical which personally i didn't didn't agree with because like you say it's a one-off if that was every single race and they're struggling for traction on the straight it'd be ridiculous but it's almost like a a variable even even in the dry it was almost like a wet race and that's what we've been wanting to see we've been wanting to see a wet race how many races we've had this year where it rains on the podium is just painful or like after the race so we finally got to see that and you're you're right they build the fastest cars on earth and as the three-word race review was best best race of 2020 probably the best qualifying of 2020 and there are two two sessions where it was very much about tiptoeing around as slow as possible well as fast as possible in a slow setting and it, it just really shows that take a lot of the downforce out which is what we want for 2022 I guess a lot of people as well are quick when you think about Formula One they think F1's only interesting when you know you have big crashes and things like that which is totally not true I mean you say that F1 is better slower as your three-word race review, Matt, which, I mean, <laughs> on the outside, you think, what are you talking about? But actually, it did. It proved some really interesting tactics, interesting racing. Lots of people saying that if you had rally experience, then it would it would suit you well for a track like this, which proved not to be the, the point. But That would work for Bottas, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was not certainly, great. yeah, it, it made it super interesting and it was conditions that us fans hadn't seen in a long time or whatever. And same with the teams. And it's when it becomes so predictable that people can, I say people can rock up every weekend and win it like Hamilton and Mercedes, which they did, but it, it made it so much more interesting for sure. And I I agree that it made it one of the best races of the year. I think the argument is as well that you don't get racing when corners are flat out because there's no braking zone and you can't overtake. So when, I mean, we didn't, we didn't see turn eight flat once the entire weekend, I don't believe. So <laughs> no, crazy. Not. Yeah, not even close. Not even close. Not even so close. Uh, Verstappen and Albon saying it was going to be easy, flat, boring corner. Uh, obviously, we didn't take into account maybe that the track surface would be an ice skating rink. But hey, <laughs> yeah. we still were. We still were right that we didn't think it would be particularly well. We had. I say right, but Max Verstappen was wrong. We all kind of assumed it would be flat but not at that point, not at the first lap in FB1 with cold tyres, right? So, um, yeah, it was an interesting chat, and I wonder what Verstappen will say next time we speak to him about uh, that particular <laughs> track, because we definitely will bring it up, I'm sure. Uh, that Pan Chand comes in with a question, should we bring back Bernie's sprinkler idea for non-rain races, grinning face with smiling eyes? So I'm assuming that's you just, <laughs> copying, just copied an emoji. copying the emoji. Thanks, Tommy. Uh, or just pour some oil onto the track to make it slippery for fun races like this. No, absolutely not. I, I don't. That, that's when it becomes farcical. That's when it becomes 
dangerous for no reason. Like that's, you know, imagine trying to make the track <coughs> slippery and then a car, a driver goes off and crashes into the wall and hurts themselves. Like it's, that's not the way motorsport works or should work in the, in the future. It should be down to mother nature. Sometimes they have rain, sometimes they don't. And that's, that's just the beauty of it. Obviously this one was a one-off and I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. Uh, even if we go back to Turkey, they will resurface and make sure it's not as smooth and as a baby's bottom as it was uh, this weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a fan of you know having anything like that where you know the the stu- you know the FIA or whatever just press a button and then it starts raining on track. Like, it, I think it'll be funny to watch it as a one a one off race, but to actually have it installed in, installed into the championship is not for me. Yeah, you you want. We all love a wet race, but we love a wet race because it throws something into the mix that's completely different. If you had that every single weekend, it wouldn't be the same. That's why, I don't know, that's why Gasly's race um, was so incredible in Monza because we'd had dominance of Mercedes and then an Alpha Tauri wins from nowhere. Whereas if Gasly was winning every single race, we'd be saying it was boring. So you you want variety and and the fact that we got that perfect combination of not only rain but even when the track was dry it was pretty much like a wet a wet race it was it was crazy and i loved it and everyone seemed to love it from seeing the way that the cars have behaved on the track throughout the weekend i'll be honest and i i've tweeted this out before the race as as excited as i was to see the cars on track and you could just tell it was going to be an absolute bonkers race there was still that kind of anxiety of wondering what on earth is going to happen because, you know, cars are sliding off all over the place. And with some of the mistakes that the FIA and the calls the FIA have been making recently, I've begun to wonder, you know, is this actually safe? And um, I think by adding artificial ideas like the sprinklers or adding oil to a track, that's just unnecessary. And I agree that it's good when Mother Nature sort of deals us a hand of cards that is like a wet race or something exciting like that and that's when it makes f1 that extra special rather than just artificially you know trying to make things fun for the the sake of it we interrupt this wtf1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode and if you're a regular to the wtf1 podcast you'll know them very well it's express vpn ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. You open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. You can choose from almost 100 different countries and you can supercharge your Netflix subscription, for example, with way more content. But why should you choose ExpressVPN? Well, you can stream in HD no problem with no buffering or lag. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs and everything you can think of. And not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Now go to expressvpn.com forward slash WTF1 to get an extra three months off ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash WTF1. Now back to the podcast. Before we get into your three-word race review, Katie, let's dive into um, some particular interesting stewards' decisions and um, calls and things they came out afterwards saying, i.e. Michael Massey denying any wrongdoing, was obviously uh, in qualifying, wasn't it? With uh, Was it Q2? Yeah. It was Q2, they started. Yeah, the start it, yeah. of Q2, they were um, picking up, a, whose car was it? Latifi's Latifi, car? Latifi, yeah. 
um, and putting it through the barriers. Uh, but it was still being recovered at the time of which Michael Massey pressed the green button to say, you can go, you know, Q2 has started. And then they put it under double waved yellows. Now, I, I it it's clear as day for me that Michael Massey and the team there have made a wrong decision of starting the session when a car is still being recovered and then put out the double waved yellows and then basically said, look, no, 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 I'm totally because Michael Massey came out afterwards and said, totally confident with my uh, with 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 the decision of, of starting Q2. I think he told the, the race and it's just I, I don't know. It's just it seems so ridiculous that you would come out after the race and say, no, that we, we actually made that decision. Like it's, yeah. it sounds even yeah. worse, doesn't it, it? Does. than saying it it we worse. shouldn't have we shouldn't have taken the assumption mm. because that's the thing. It, all of his quotes were saying we assumed that it would be fine by the time the cars get round there. I was happy to go with, um, you know, the person out there, the Clark Marshal, whatever they called, um, you know, their their estimation or whatever. What, what what's to say that Latifi's car doesn't come off or there's a problem with the tractor or a or a marshal falls over or whatever yeah. like. How can you make those assumptions, especially round was it turn eight, mm. where the and I know that they even Michael Massey said that the outlap, you know, they were on the outlap, but the outlap was so unbelievably crucial for the drivers, where they had to try and get some heat into the tyres before they start set, setting lap times, that then they're still going to be pushing. You know, they, they see yellow flags, but An like outlap. with Kevin Magnussen in Q one. You know, he, he was saying that he slowed down for yellow flags, but so, so other people didn't. And it was such treacherous track conditions that to to put that kind of risk there for absolutely no reason than to save one minute of time was ridiculous for me. Agreed. The As well, an outlap is, you know, it's not 20 miles an hour. An outlap in a Formula One car is still, you know, hundreds of miles an hour going into corners and stuff. So... There's even pictures of Lando, who I believe was the first person to come across it, where you can see the tractor still there. He's got a green flag, uh, sorry, green light on his left, and he's coming around the corner, and you can see the tractor still there. Now, all it takes is Lando to get a swapper on. Look what happened with George Russell in Imola. And we know what happens with these cars. They they can, once you lose it, you're a passenger. And... Mm. Oh, it's just awful it's absolutely awful like it's the the worst thing is obviously what everyone's so upset about is because that's exactly what happened to George Bianchi and they said they would never ever ever make sure that happens again hmm. and for them to do that and all it would have taken is Michael Massey to just say I'm sorry I appreciate it was wrong Sebastian Vettel came out and said there's zero tolerance for Q2 recovery he said no this you know that's not okay so why Michael Massey in his head, his idea is to say, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Stop, yeah, it's, Stop it, being he made so dramatic. The... It's absolutely yeah. outrageous. He made him. the situation even worse, didn't he, yeah. by saying that? It just it just seems quite ignorant of him. And the fact that he it, it's in qualifying. Mm. It's not even the race. I know that there was potential light restrictions happening, but one minute yeah. of time, is there, there's no discussion. It's 100% his fault and 100% the wrong decision and yet he's come out with this very odd response which just I don't know if it's because he's under pressure and he feels like he has to maintain this front of being the head of safety and it's absolutely fine but either way he went about it the wrong way 
he did. It's so infuriating and so upsetting to see not only him just effectively pass the blame, say, well, it's not my fault because some other chief marshal said that the tractor would be gone in time. Like you keep saying that he assumed there's another cliche coming, but you know, to assume makes an ass out of you and me, which is something. I know that one. <laughs> you know that one, yeah? And yeah. it's true. Like, why Why risk it? There's literally, there's no need to to delay qualifying by an extra minute until it is certain that that tractor is off the, the circuit. And like you say, Tommy, that's exactly what happened with Jules. And we said that we would, we would as fans, and we'd never wanted to obviously see anything like that. And same with the FIA and all the drivers, you know, thinking back to that, it's incredibly distressing and, and upsetting. But... It, that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, Sutil went off and they brought the yellow flags out under wet conditions. And unfortunately for Jules, he made contact with the recovery vehicle. And oh, it just, it really infuriates me. And I'm sure it does every other fan to see something like that happen. Um, and this isn't the, the only thing Massey has done wrong. We spoke about no. the, the marshals on track um, after George Russell's incident in Imola a few weeks ago. I can't believe we didn't hear anything about that either. Yeah. It's it's literally like they're trying to sweep it under the rug. Charles driving around with no seatbelt on for two laps. I mean, what is going on in his head and why are the FIA yeah. not making a bigger deal of this? It's like, oh, I could just rant about this for ages, but it's <laughs> like I just yeah, don't understand mad. how he's still in his job. It's just unacceptable, just completely full stop unacceptable. That's the thing as well is the fact that the longer he stays in this job and the longer he makes more mistakes, the higher likelihood that someone's going to get hurt or killed. And the fact that nothing has been done with all of these mistakes already, maybe it has been behind closed doors, but how many mistakes do you need to have before you, you know, that seat is, is under question and they replace him? Because clearly, in my opinion, he's not ready no. to, to do this. You know, some things he... He throws too much caution to and other things doesn't throw any caution to. And it's just such an odd thing to, to see unfold. And it, it also highlights what an incredible job Charlie Whiting mm, did absolutely. Um, in that role, uh, you know, because we never questioned it, really. Obviously, we had times where people got hurt, but they changed. It wasn't like it was a, a particular lack of judgment from the, the safety team. It was it was more the fact that, you know, a, a ridiculous occurrence happened and then changes were made. But the fact that it's happened like this and Mon- sorry Imola was just the most outrageous display of incompetence uh, 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 for fear of this going into a serious rant fest but <laughs> I, I, it needs it uh, to yeah, be honest because yeah. you know there's not enough people talking about it um, and you know I don't want it to be a case of that the only time action gets taken is because mm. of a of a consequence yeah um, so the fact he's come out with that, that's just kind of sealed the deal for me in terms of he doesn't deserve to be in that place because of the fact that he has not owned up to the blame. Mm. Um, you know, passing on the blame, as you say, Katie, is just the complete wrong and just, just, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <sighs> Deep breaths, we move. Guys. Deep breaths. <laughs> we move. But, but yeah, look, Formula One is a dangerous sport, mm. but it's only dangerous because of the fact that it's fast and the, but we put all the parameters in there to make sure it's as safe a sport as possible for these drivers to race at the highest speeds possible for our entertainment. There is no point for unnecessary risk yep. or danger like we've seen in, in previous And in you're previous, allowed to uh, you're allowed to make mistakes but own up to it and say it will never mm. happen again, not try and pass it on. But anyway. We move. Katie, three-word race review. My three-word race review is someone signs Sergio, which is obviously... Wow, a bit of alliteration. I know. I'm going to try and keep this going, the alliteration. (laughs) For the entire explanation? No, no, no. Every every three-word race review. You've already failed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, no, mine is in reference to Sergio Perez, who put in an incredible drive to keep his racing point, which we could all kind of see. Like, obviously, they managed to get do well in qualifying with uh, uh, Lance Stroll getting pole, which was just mind blowing. But that's a whole other another conversation. But I'd be honest, and this could be an unpopular opinion, so here we go. But I, I always like when Sergio was in F one. He was never somebody for me that was like a top quality star driver. I don't know if that's just because of the seats that he was in. I mean, obviously, he's managed to secure podiums in his time in, in F1, which other drivers haven't. But I, I just can't put my finger on it. And I don't know if it's the same for other fans or whether you think I'm talking absolute nonsense. But that drive yesterday, that just sealed the deal for me. I was like, right, actually, this guy forget Hulkenberg like as much as I like Hulkenberg and he did a stellar job in you know filling in for the the racing point guys when they were poorly Sergio just he's just the the deal he's he's the <laughs> I don't know if I can say that but there we go well, and, you have now anyway yeah, don't worry oops. we'll bleep it um, <laughs> and uh, I think whether he goes to Red Bull um, to replace Albon or maybe finds another seat with Haas or something, get rid of Mazepin. Nobody wants him here, let's be honest. Partner him up with Schumacher. (laughs) Um, And I just, yeah, I think it will be a much bigger shame for Perez to be out of F1 than it has been somebody like Hulkenberg or Grosjean or Magnussen. I'm just going to go and offend every other fan group there is, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow okay Katie bombshells like it um yeah I think you know Sergio it's it's weird that Hulkenberg and Perez are put in the same sentence because yeah I mean, lots of people would love to see Hulkenberg back in the sport I would love to see him yeah. racing again he's consistent he, he he always finishes seventh when he's been <laughs> racing in seasons you know that's that's where he's finished but Sergio Perez I, I, I don't know if either of you have to hand how many podiums he has now but he has nine he has performed nine times just in nine just times in, make make sure I always get it right so he he even tweeted before this to say I just want to tell Tommy that it's nine podiums because he had a go at me when I got it wrong last time so it's nine. Okay, for people that don't know who Justin is, uh, you Fake probably won't, but he's a, he's a commentator um, yeah. called Justin Talks F1 on Twitter now. But um, yeah, so I think, yeah, Sergio Perez nine times on the podium. It's without a doubt that he is a, a quality driver and better than Hulkenberg in those situations where he is under pressure and he has to not make any kind of mistakes. And I think Perez was very much just completely on it. Like, that was as good as a racing point could have done in that race. The fact that he kept his tyres in, you know, Stroll drove away very quickly and clearly he gets his tyres up to temperature a bit more because he, he works harder at the wheel. But we saw that Perez was closing in so quickly on Stroll by the end of that before Lance pitted. And that was the that was the difference. Perez kept his intermediates in a good shape, didn't overheat them and kind of shred them. Stroll thought there was literally no other option than to pit onto fresh inters. And that's the difference and the, the quality of, of Sergio Perez, and, which is very similar to Lewis Hamilton in the sense that he was able to keep those tyres in. And I think they were the only two really, uh, at least of the front pack, that had those tyres in that state and kept them, kept them working. Per- Perez... Uh, I saw this day. Perez is now closer to Bottas in the world title than Bottas is to Hamilton. So Perez, come is... on, that's more that's more saying about Bottas than per- it is Perez. Perez but, yeah. but Perez fourth in the title, he missed, missed two races. Missed two races. Mm. He could well finish there mm. at the end of the year and not be in Formula One next year. It'd be an absolute travesty mm. because 
what a drive what what a drive it shows and i don't think i don't think he's going to have a seat that's the problem i think you're guys you guys both right i don't think f1 is brutal like we all know that and i have a horrible feeling that it's sergio perez is going to be one of those drivers that's just sort of like booted out and never sort of makes a return back but i mean talking of results like he was on set for a podium in imola and then they made the incorrect pit stop and he lost that that podium place so yeah it is tough and he's putting on the jives of his career at the moment to sort of show anyone that's willing to listen that has a seat free please take me but i just i don't think it's going to happen which is kind of heartbreaking no, absolutely not. I mean, we thought there was going to be a one-two, to be honest, at one point when they mm. were twelve seconds down the road after three laps. But um, yeah, that it was it was an in, in, incredible drive from Perez. It was it was a great drive from Stroll as well. It was just inexperienced with the way in which he went about uh, the the strategy and clearly kind of leaning more on what the team would say to him rather than kind of maybe taking it upon himself to to make the strategy work like Perez did and 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 Hamilton. But uh, yeah, very interesting racing point. Clearly. When they're at the front, they've got a very good car underneath them as well. There's no denying that. It's not. I think that they were definitely the the second or third fastest car around Turkey in those very strange conditions. But um, yeah, interesting one. Let's uh, let's dive into to driver of the day now. Uh, and another man uh, that well hasn't been on the podium at all this year uh, until now, which is Sebastian Vettel. Obviously, he's kind of gifted it right at the last by his teammate. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't voluntary. I can tell you that from Charles Leclerc after hearing his team radio. Uh, but but a brilliant drive from Sebastian, nonetheless. I said it in Internet's best reactions. It was it was kind of going back to his old self, really, in a lot of ways. And you know, as much as the Ferrari wasn't underneath him, he was able to keep Lewis at bay for for, for so long. Uh, and then the Ferrari came into its own and started to pull away from Lewis. And it looked like at one point Vettel was going to be in the hunt for at least a podium, if not the win. I know it's uh, my my wife made a funny point that Seb's Ferrari has been so bad this year and you've seen the onboards haven't you where he's been wrestling it even in the dry just looks like it can barely get round corners that that all that experience from the whole year has just played perfectly into this to be to be ready for this track surface he, that's what he's doing he's just prepping for, for his tumble <laughs> but it is hilarious that Bonotto wasn't there this weekend and then Seb gets a podium you, you couldn't make it up. It is proper. Well, funny, they were but... they were saying in Sky broadcast that maybe that you know the fact that Bonotto was back at Maranello and had a better picture of the race rather than sat on the. Oh yeah, wall. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not suggesting. Decisions. I'm not suggesting at all that it's like it's, it's just a hilarious. <laughs> well, you coincidence. were Tommy. Without it's a hilarious coincidence. God, it is funny. And Vettel drove superb. Yeah, I can't believe Ferrari were the team that collected the most points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just unbelievable, isn't it? But yeah, absolutely stunning drive from Vettel. I tried to, um, before the podcast, see if Vettel was one of the only drivers that didn't spin. Because I don't think he actually spun at all or like made any kind of big slip-ups during that race. But I couldn't find no. out if he was the only one or one of just a few that didn't. No, I mean, Hamilton did. wouldn't have spun. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I Hamilton did. did go wide at that turn one and did give up position, whereas Seb... I mean, I don't know if he did. He obviously had the dodgy pit stop, to be which fair, is not his fault. I, I think but... it's very difficult to, to say what people did and didn't do when the TV direction wasn't ideal. Oh, it was uh, rubbish. During... No, it wasn't we missed, great. We missed a lot. So uh, yeah. let's, let's not say Vettel didn't make mistakes because he probably did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did spin, actually. From what, obviously, like, mm. we, we don't know. The, one of the funniest memes I saw from, from the, uh, the weekend was someone had, like, uh, something like Turkish GP spin Yala and then showed all everyone spinning and then it said like Vettel and it was the Pingu meme that was like now I'm not going to do it 
<laughs> love it love a bit of pingu um at metal underscore gear underscore z says has seb found a setup for the ferrari that will allow him to at least keep pace with charles or Charles? i don't know i change his name every single time uh, no metal gear I, that was a very one-off situation in my head where vettel was able to use all of his experience and the the, the tricky conditions and that's exactly how you know seb definitely got into the into the race and he, he made it work for himself i think still seb's position at the start of the race allowed him to get into that position charles leclerc was quicker like he the fact that charles leclerc was down in like 11th maybe about a minute behind and he was pumping in lap after lap after lap and the fact that he was able to get in the mix with vettel past vettel obviously he made that mistake on the last uh, couple of corners but Overall, Charles Leclerc was still faster in race trim than Seb was, but Seb made it work for himself by having an amazing start and putting him right in the position. Yeah, he, he like you say, Vettel owned the start of the race where it was those different conditions, but as it as it dried up, you sort of saw that 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 Charles was a bit more at one with the with the Ferrari. But yeah, he was he was fuming at the end. I, I must admit. I did love seeing Vettel get a podium though. It was, oh, it was yeah. awesome. I know, so did I, yeah. <clears throat> it, was, it was so good. And the fact that Ferrari have dropped into the mid uh, midfield now, it's meant that any time Bottas, Verstappen or very rarely Hamilton doesn't get on the podium, you get a new podium set. And that's the 12th different driver this year that's been on the podium, which I can't remember when the last time that happened, maybe like 2012 or something. <laughs> that's pretty good actually, yeah, yeah because... Um... Yeah, it's, it's weird that because of Ferrari dropping out and the fact that Albon also is never really in the yeah. hunt, um, it, it does mean that if there's a mistake from the top three, it's it's it's, it's game podium, on. Yeah, uh, the fact that we you know we thought that Stroll was going to win, Perez was going to win, Albon was going to win, Verstappen was going to win, Hamilton was going to win, potentially even Leclerc was going to be up there in the mix, Vettel was going to be in the mix. Like it was it was just That's awesome to want. watch. That is what we want from F one. And, and the fact is, we had such high expectations for the race, and it still delivered. Just shows how good the Turkish Grand Prix was, right? Hell yeah! We love to see it. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, who was who was driver of the day? Uh, let's let's discuss it. I I think um, Hamilton. I, oh, it's boring, yeah. but it is Hamilton. So it's so difficult though, because there are literally three or four very worthy driver of the days, which I, I genuinely could put one over the other. Obviously, Hamilton, amazing drive, made it work for himself. Incredible strategy, made the tyres work. But so did Perez, and he's in an inferior car and finished P2, 30 seconds behind Hamilton, I know. But still an incredible drive by Perez. And then you've got the likes of Leclerc coming through from wherever. He, I think he dropped to like 15th or 16th at the start of the race. I, I, it yeah, was, yeah. When he, he had when, a, he he for, when he paid for Inters, I'm sure he was about 18th or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, so he yeah. had a horrendous start, came through. Vettel had an incredible start and managed to hold on and get a podium. Like, there's so many incredible drivers uh, yeah. drives uh, for the Turkish Grand Prix, but I think Hamilton definitely pips it. Yeah, yeah. it's the boring answer because obviously Vettel... Well, we don't, it's it. not the boring answer though, is it, Tommy? Because we never ever say Hamilton. No, yeah, no one yeah, ever yeah, says true. driver of the day is Hamilton. <laughs> true. Like even even that drive, which is one of the best of his career, he still doesn't win driver of the day. I think I'm when sure we lasted, he, I'm sure he's not going to popularity about contest, isn't it? Uh, when we yeah. last, oh sorry, I was going to say no, when, we last, go, when we last did a podcast, somebody did say that I think he won the driver of the day in Silverstone when he crossed when the line he won with, on three wheels, <laughs> yeah. three wheels. But yeah, apart from that, yeah. like time. I ago. bet 
I bet Hamilton is absolutely gutted with only 94 wins and seven championships that he's not winning driver of the day. He must be Yeah, distraught. yeah, he must be losing sleep, right? <laughs> um, right, let's uh, dive into ABCDF1, play the jingle. Now it's time for ABCDF1. Do-do-do, yay. Okay, let's dive straight into it then. Lewis Hamilton, A-star. Cool, brilliant. Let's move on. Easy. <laughs> Bottas, F, next. <laughs> yeah, Bottas, yeah, F. F. A star and F, brilliant. We don't even need to discuss no, that, do we've we? We've got our threshold literally... now. Hamilton and Bottas, either. And then everyone else, we... Yeah. Uh, Leclerc, I want to give an A. Yeah, I yeah. think an A. It would have been an A star had he finished second. Yeah, yeah I think you have to dock in marks. I put I put A as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Unfortunate, because he was so upset with his team radio. Oh, he's Like, you could hear how angry he was with himself. And, and mainly because, obviously, it happened literally two corners before <laughs> the end of an entire grueling race around the uh, Istanbul Park circuit that then to do that, I can, you know, I can understand why he was so angry, um, but he'll get over it. And that's this, that's his mentality, isn't it? He, he's hardened himself and then he moves on. Yep. Yep. Um, so, oh, that was a very strange Sorry, noise. That was a weird noise. What, what on earth was that? Um, right. A for Leclerc. Uh, Vettel, <clears throat> A star. Yeah. A star. Yeah. Oh wow, we're wow. all agreeing. Yeah. Agreement going on. I love it. <clears throat> Verstappen. I D. It's a low C. I put. Yeah. I'm... Tommy, have you have, you, have your balls dropped? <laughs> what? You've got the deepest voice ever. Now you're like, yeah. Oh yes, well. Uh... Oh yeah. Hi, I'm Tommy. <clears throat> Ain't cough. Oh yeah, please cough into the mic next time. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I put Verstappen D because of the, the the error that he did was was quite rookie in my opinion. Uh, behind I... Perez, washed out, mm. spun, ruined his race. Yeah, I think D. His he did a Bottas in that he topped literally every single session, and then it Apart came to Q three, and he didn't get it. But yeah, he just made such a shame. So yeah. many. Well, not a shame really because yeah. it made for a better race. But yeah, <laughs> I think if he had had pole, he would have just walked away yeah. with it. To be honest. Yeah, the reason I said C is because I feel like. Alban is a is a not worthy of a D. I think. What do you think Alban's well. worthy of? C. Yeah, but we we do it respective of their performance and what we expect from them, though. Yeah, but Verstappen still finished ahead of Alban, and they had very similar races. So mm. I don't think you can grade Verstappen down because you expect him to win. Right. I mean, that's that's just my opinion. Mm. Tough D. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and Alban then well, he was in the mix Alban to win and then he burnt out his intermediates and then pit and it didn't work uh, I think Alban was a very and Verstappen to be honest was a, a key example mm. of the fact it was not easy to wear down those intermediates keep the temperature and keep the grip in the tight literally one moment offline and you're spinning like Alban was a passenger wasn't he when he spun um, during the race mid, midpoint through the race I don't know what lap it was but um, yeah I think it's difficult, I think, again, because of the pace of the Red Bull and where they finished, I think Alban deserves a D as well. Yeah, I've got D for Alban. So C, but... Mm. Well, a pair of Ds, sorry, Tommy. <laughs> Before we move on to science, um, can we just talk about what was discussed in the group chat with Alban, please, lads? Nope. Signs. No! Uh... <laughs> uh, we, we basically said that 
there was one point wasn't there where it looked mm-hmm. like this is Albon's time I think a lot of people tweeted it I'm sorry but you cannot blame us for going this is the time that Alex Albon is going to win when he's two seconds a lap quicker than the two racing points in front of him that's all he has oh, to yeah. be yeah, yeah, to got, win the race I got the blame for Russell crushing I got the blame for Russell crushing under safety car Tommy outed me on Twitter and said F1 <laughs> struggle and I got so much abuse by F1 Good. struggle saying that, it's my fault you caused Russell to crash into the well, wall we you didn't caused- cause Albon tires to, to run you out. You caused Albon not to win the race because you both said, Albon's right. winning the race. And I said, haha, can't wait to tweet this to F1 Struggle when he like inevitably spins it. And he did. And then I couldn't this, tweet this it This podcast out. is not sponsored by F1 Struggle, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, that happened. Carry on. Uh, Carlos Sides. Uh, let's talk. Uh, McLaren is difficult, actually. Hey. They... they Sainz was he finished P five. Yeah. yeah, he was right on the back, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Weirdest... he was nowhere the entire time, and then just hey, he was in fifth. That was <laughs> like... the most science thing ever, wasn't it? You, we didn't see him at all, and it was like, wait, he finished fifth? How? Yeah, and he was right on the back of mm. the one more lap, as we always say, and he could have easily. He looked like he was absolutely on one, didn't he? Yeah, man. The McLarens came into their own at the uh, on the last stage of the the race. Lando was setting fastest lap after fastest lap. But yeah, uh, A for Carlos Sainz, definitely. He he made up for a. A pretty poor qualifying mm-hmm. um, and, and, and P5. I think, yeah, A is a good shout. Yep. Are we happy with that? Yeah. Very happy. Uh, Lando Norris, where did he finish in the end? He finished eighth with the fastest lap. He yeah. made the worst start it, He ever. had the worst start of his career, right? He said, I had the worst start of my career. No way, everybody's career ever. So he really didn't rate <laughs> it. <laughs> He's, wow. He doesn't uh, beat around the bush, does he, when it comes to his own performances. Um, but I think, Maybe a B. Yeah, it's less than yeah. Carlos. B. Yeah, yeah. said a B. B for Lando. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, Renault were were kind of nowhere, yeah. weren't they? They were kind. Of, Ricciardo was sat in about sixth for quite a while, and then just fell off. Mm. He had a spin. Uh, yeah, he had a spinala. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, C. I think. Yeah, I said C. Yeah, C for Daniel. Finished tenth from fifth. Yeah. yeah. He had an amazing start, though, but unfortunately, just with the Red Bulls... Yeah, couldn't just, go anywhere, could he? No, he just got completely chucked out. Made contact with his teammate, which is never ideal, but had to do that to sort of avoid taking Hamilton out. And then, yeah, just a pretty average race after that. Yes. Yeah, so it's almost like... Well, yeah, it's difficult. He even took out his teammate. I want to give him a D. Mm, Ooh, I'd a say bit, it's more of a racing incident, Starting though. P5... I know, I know, it wasn't like the worst impact ever, but surely we still put it in the mixer. I think C. I'm going to stick with my C. Sorry, starts Matt. fifth, finishes tenth. God, Jesus, you guys are getting real soft. Uh, okay, C for Ricardo. Uh, Ocon. Oh, C as well, C, but that yeah. that was that was an Ocon race. That should his have been was his. So good. That yeah. should have been his race mm-hmm. to really shine. Uh, gutted for him that. It was over straight away because he was looking really quick in in like a lot of the quality build up as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, so what, what happened at turn one with Ocon? Who uh, hit he, him? It was Bottas. Um, no, they, they but, all... who, but who hit him? Ricardo. Ricardo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, the guy we gave a C. Yeah. No, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> Sake. <laughs> I wasn't asking. What you probably <laughs> actually thought I was asking what happened at turn one. Um, but Sarcasm yeah, that was detected. quite a funny. That was quite a funny synchronised spin, wasn't it, with uh, with Bottas mm. just literally... Just had to literally move out the Bottas way. Bottas had a good start as well. It could have yeah. set him up for an all right race, but uh, didn't work out for him. Uh, so Ocon, we're going to give a C as well because he was a bit yeah. of a passenger. Uh, Gasly, or Alpha Tauri, were absolutely nowhere this weekend. They were so slow. Mm. 
Like they just did not like slippery conditions, did they? No, not at all. They, it was so weird that they were just nowhere. Um, like seven seconds really, off in qualifying, really, wasn't it, at least? Really strange. Um, okay, so we'll give Gasly a D. Yeah, give you the same, I think. Yeah, I think it's fair to give them both a D. Really. Okay, give them a pair of Ds, lovely. Sergio <laughs> Perez, A star. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Uh, Lance Stroll, interesting one. Oh. This this could this could be a topic for debate. Mm. Um, I I want to give him an A. I I said A. See, what I've go got for? a B. Hi B. A B. A B. A B. A B. But... A B. No, 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 no. Highs don't count oh, I here. Know. We know <laughs> this. You gave Lance Stroll, who got pole position, led for 35 laps, and then, fair enough, his strategy wasn't ideal, fell fell away. But come on. I feel like I have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> 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 so what we're going to do not, is we're going to cut this bit of the podcast. No, and we're, we're absolutely go, hey, not. I, I gave Lance Katie, Stroll an A. <laughs> Katie uncut. She, went, she tried to give Lance Stroll a B after getting pole. Anyway, uh, Kimi Raikkonen. I mean, they, both Alfa Romeos had an incredible qualifying. Mm. It was eighth and tenth on the grid, and they were nowhere in the race. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a bit of a shocker. I thought Kimi might have been in the mix, but no. Uh, D finished fifteenth. Just not, not a great drive. Yeah, D for Raikkonen, D for Giovinazzi. Where did Giovinazzi finish? He didn't. Uh, he, he he didn't finish. He didn't. No. Yeah, gearbox issues. Had to retire on lap thirteen, I think it was. Oh, okay. So D as well then. Yeah. A couple of days. Yeah, D, yeah. Okay, now we go to the two Hasses, which, uh, well, any got any reports on what happened with them? Uh, no, but I've seen a lot of a lot They're of both people. DNFs. Both, no, so Magnussen... Um, Magnussen Mag- finished, didn't Magnussen he? Magnussen finished 17th, but he, he got unlucky because he got pulled in into the pits, didn't he? Something, I can't remember what happened to him, but he got pushed back, didn't he, into... Um, he was the one that was at the end of the pits being pushed back by the marshals. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there was something to do with was it a wheel problem? But he was he was really good. Like he was he had a lot of pace. Mm. Um he was he was up there, wasn't he, in the in the points. Um really unlucky. Should we give him a B then? I think a B. Yeah, he was it was a really good drive. It's just really unlucky. Yeah. Um Grosjean, on the other hand, not his <laughs> best not his best weekend, I think. No. Yeah. Um, Where, where did he, he didn't finish. Did didn't he? finish. No. He's spun a couple of times as well. I think he D yeah. made contact with Latifi. Um, okay, yeah. it's a low D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D. Almost, almost dipping into E territory for Grosjean there. Yeah, I um, think so. And and George Russell and Nicholas Latifi. Very disappointing for for them to not really be anywhere in the mm-hmm. mix. Uh, I thought again, crazy race, maybe. Would have a uh, George. Well, to be fair, he was eleventh, wasn't he? At, at quite a uh, yeah. part of a uh, chunk, sorry, of the early stages of the race, and then didn't didn't mm. do much, did he? No, uh, George. Yeah, that's one of those races where you really think this should be mm. his chance to get a point, and unfortunately, Williams just didn't seem to be on it. Crashed into the pit wall as well, didn't he? On, the, on his way to the grid. Yeah. Um, not that that affected him because it just meant he started at the back. Tried in, started in the pit lane, yeah. though. Uh, yeah, started in the pit lane. They both Sorry. started in the pit lane. Um, I want to say for Russell, a C D. or a D. Yeah. And then D. Latifi and F. Yeah. 
Latifi, Latifi had, a had an absolutely mm. awful weekend. Everything that went wrong went wrong. Okay, yeah, off. I think it's it's up there with Bottas. I think with Latifi. Yeah. So F for Latifi and D for Russell. We happy with that, Katie? Yeah. yeah, I went for a D for Russell, and then I went for an E for Latifi. But to be honest, like. Yeah, it was just a shocker of a... a ERF, you're still raging with that grade, aren't you? It's still a terrible performance. Yeah, it's not so, ideal, uh, yeah. is it? Okay, let's get into the Turkish Grand Prix predictions now. Uh, and my, well, my first one was Max Verstappen will not take turn eight flat straight away. And he did not. So that's uh, definitely a point. And the other one was George Russell points, right. which could have easily been on the cards. And then it didn't. So yeah. shocking. Katie? Um, I said another finish for Albon outside the top 10, which did not Wrong. happen. And then this is my favourite one. Oh, wow. I said, everybody will no. love, <laughs> everybody will love the shocker. nostalgia of Turkey, but the racing will be boring. How we wrong was I? had the best race in ever. probably... Yeah, you went for the I don't reverse, even know. reverse jinx. Well done, Katie. Appreciate that. Yeah, I took I one like for that. the team. I took one for the team. Oh, hello, Tommy. Okay, your go. Uh, so Leclerc... Well, one of them. Yeah, Leclerc top five finish, which he did. And nice. uh, F one point five leader is lapped by the winner. I was expecting a dry race where Mercedes just walked it, um, and, and we did a grippy track, and probably a grippy track, but no, did not happen. Uh, now the fans have gone for a, a good one. KJL underscore Lackner Latifi points. Oh uh, no, um, <laughs> Swift Sambi another DNF for at least two Honda engines. That's a no as well. So, uh, well, the fans had a shocker. Katie had zero, Tommy had one, and I had one. Lovely stuff. Let's get into the Bahrain Grand Prix predictions now. Uh, and my two are no problems with track limits. Uh, and Albon back to being off the pace. So that should be two points. Katie? I have said a Bottas victory. I think he'll be keen to redeem himself after the shocker that he had uh, yesterday. And also maybe do like a Rosberg did a few years ago in that Hamilton just might win every race after Hamilton wins us... the championship. Yeah, yeah, we can hope. But because um... the only race Hamilton's won after winning the championship is one where didn't someone I can't remember now. Did something really crazy happened where he wasn't supposed to win that race and then did? I, I can't remember. It was Verstappen. Something uh, Verstappen in uh, when Verstappen was gonna uh, win and got taken out by Ocon. It was that was it. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I've also said that Renault will leave Bahrain. This is round one of Bahrain. Um, third in the constructors. What? So how? Magic. <laughs> Isn't aren't Renault fifth? They are. So the current standings, like fifteen points or something behind. So they're on one hundred thirty-six. McLaren Renault are one hundred forty-nine, and Racing Point are on one hundred fifty-four. But I just have a feeling. You think. A double DNF, basically, we're getting. Them. You think 18 points for Renault? Well, that wouldn't even. 19 points for Renault and no points for Racing Point and McLaren. Okay, well, well Katie, you're making it hard for yourself. Tommy? Uh, I am as well. Latifi <laughs> outqualifies Russell. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Why not? Well, that's, that's uh, zero then. <laughs> uh, and Science top four finish. Wow, okay then. You love a bit of Carlos these days. I love yeah. it. Uh, and the fans, Invested Puppy 47 says Vettel outqualifies Leclerc. <laughs> And at underscore Dino underscore Hamilton finally has a DNF due to reliability. There you it's go. It's been three years. Wow. It's crazy how we're only 53 minutes in. Mm. A crazy, ridiculous race and we're done. It's so weird how our podcasts are much longer when they're boring. I think <laughs> Why? I think if we hadn't cut off the Michael Massey rant, it would have been three hours. Yeah, mm, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, Katie or Tommy, do you have anything else to add? Anything we want to talk about before we go? Katie? Um, 
I'm just. You want to talk about Katie? No. <laughs> well, I, my name you is put Katie. Me in, like, put me on the spot. Uh, I guess I'm just excited to have F1 back again after that race that we had yesterday. I just want it back all the time. But Bahrain, Bahrain's underrated as well. Yeah, that's okay. my thought. Wow, really insightful thoughts from the pair of you. Really enjoyed that. <laughs> you uh, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I put you on the spot once. <laughs> Matt, you what know would you like all to good. say? Oh, I'd like to say goodbye. Thank you so much uh, to, to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this podcast. Make sure to go and check them out. And if you want to get involved in terms of sending us questions, suggestions, anything like that, then use the hashtag WTF1 podcast or reply uh, on Twitter or Instagram. We pop up posts on there where we ask for your three word race reviews and questions for the podcast as well. So uh, thank you so much for listening and watching. Of course, give us five stars or a thumbs up wherever you are. We deserve nothing less. And that is pretty much it. I'm not going to ask for final thoughts because we've already got final thoughts. So thank you so much to Katie and Tommy. And of course, to all of you for watching slash listening. We'll see you very soon for a couple of weeks, isn't it? Bahrain round one. And then then is it Bahrain round two the next week? Yes. The the Oval, not an Oval. Two weeks after that. The Oval, that's not an Oval. Yeah. Bahrain Outer. Very exciting. Mm. Well, to be fair, the Red Bull boys said that Bahrain Outer would be boring, which means we're going to get a banging race. (laughs) Yeah. How it awesome. Works. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 Bye.